It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. It's Vikings Bears Week. Well, the Gophers have a bye week, so we'll let them take a rest. But while the Vikings, or sorry, while the Gophers rest, there's something the Vikings can learn from the Gophers. We'll talk about that with Courtney Cronin as well, coming up today on the Ron Johnson Show. Stay tuned. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson, on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network on today's show. Well, like I said, the Gophers are resting, so we're going to stick to the Vikings today. But the Vikings can learn a little bit from what the Gophers just went through this past week. Also coming up on the show, we got ESPN insider Courtney Cronin, formerly covered the Vikings, now covering the Bears. So she has a lot of insight on both sides. But before we jump into the first topic of the day, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Well, as I bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom, Sam, it's simple. Very simple. Very simple. Pay the tease off early. The Gophers took Purdue for granted, but also in lieu of injury, they did not have a plan. So what can the Vikings learn from the Gophers? Well, everybody's picking the Vikings to win this one. Everybody's saying the Vikings should be 4-1 and heading to go play the Miami Dolphins in Miami. But what can the Vikings do wrong? Well, one, they can overlook the Bears, a downtrodden team, a team that has no identity. It used to be defense. Well, Khalil Mack is gone. It used to be, uh, you know what, they got Allen Robinson, so be careful with this pass game. He's gone. It used to be just... It's Chicago. They're a scary team. That's gone. What do the Bears do? Good? Not a lot. Nothing really. And so the Vikings cannot overlook them. And then I bring up in lieu of injury. When you think about some of the hampered players, the injured players, the Dalvin Cook shoulder, all that, have a plan. Have a plan for if he's not going to go or how much he's going to go, here's the plan to run the ball. If somebody else comes up hobbled, have a plan. I know the NFL is always the next man up mentality, but sometimes you overlook how important it is planning for that specific person if they're not going to go in the game on Sunday. I think Mo Ibram being out for the Gophers was a huge loss. Uh, We did not know how huge until we saw the run game of the Gophers just did not have it. Mo is a guy that falls forward. Mo is a guy that hits the hole and takes what the defense gives him. You look at Trey Potts, you look at Bryce Williams, uh, definitely good backs, but different. Trey Potts looks like he's always trying to bounce one and break one, whereas Moses is going to take every little inch and yard and build himself a 140-yard game. Uh, the pass game couldn't get going for the Gophers because they couldn't get the run going. And so that's where I lead into with this Vikings team. And, and Sam, the question you kind of came up with and, and you posed to me was, where is this team at? Is this the same team as last year, offensive and defensively, or is this is this a different team? Defensively, the jury's still out. I can't really weigh in defensively because it, it's too early of a sample size to really see where they are. I think these next two weeks 
uh, will kind of give us an answer. But then the Cardinals game versus Kyler Murray, that's where I want to see where this team is. The Dolphins game is going to give us a little bit of inkling as well. I don't know if the Bears can, but if they do lose to the Bears or they have a whore, like the Bears come out and torch them, probably can't say the same old defense, same old lackadaisical, not up for the moment, overlooking your opponent. You know, it's, it's, it's there for the taking and you don't want to take it defense. When you're looking from the offense, I definitely say it's different. Uh, I don't see a panic. I don't see a force the issue. I, I see a team that's always like, you know what? At some point, we always can strike. You know, it feels like a, it feels like the Cobra. You know, they're like a Cobra waiting to strike. Not to bring up Cobra Kyle Netflix, but it feels like that. You know, it, it feels like they're always ready to pounce. They're always in a position to make a big play and make a big drive and score. It always feels like, you know what, when he has to come up with a play, he has that play dialed up and ready. You look at the Rams right now. The Rams offense looks horrible. Like, it just does not look like they're – I don't know if maybe Odell, Odell Beckham being out and gone is part of it. Uh, they did get to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, uh, but, 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 but 20 targets to Cooper Cup, I just don't see it. So when, when I see the Vikings come up with ways to find the ball for other guys other than just Justin Jefferson, I feel like Kevin O'Connell has it figured out. But, Sam, that's my question to you too. Like, where, where do you see this offense and defense so far four weeks in? Yeah, what I see, and this is the most important difference of all, and I don't want to overlook it, is that the Vikings are winning games in the fourth quarter. That's easily the biggest key. That influences the record, and the record influences our perception. That influences the fans' perception. It gives the team confidence. It gives the team hope going forward. So that is critical. Um, statistically, I don't see a lot of overperformance in this offense. I don't think Kirk Cousins is having a spectacular start. Um, Justin Jefferson is doing his thing. Two great games, two average games. Adam Thielen's doing his thing. Dalvin Cook's banged up, been a little underwhelming. I think the offensive line has been really good. I would say that there is a shift in just the play selection. It's a pass to set up the run instead of a run to set up the pass. The Vikings are sixth in pass attempts, 24th in rushing attempts. That's a clear flip-flop from previous years. But I still need to see more. This is not a top-five offense right now. This is a middle-of-the-pack offense. Um, mm -hmm. Defensively, credit them again. They're playing better in the second halves and toward the end of games than they did last year. Now, I don't know about the Saints game. Saints game got a little sloppy there at the end for the defense. Um, but in general, I like what I've seen from that group when it counts. Um, still want to clean up those slow starts, and I think there is a lot to clean up on both sides of the ball. But when you have a coach that you can rally around, someone who the players seem to want to play for, that does matter. Um, and Kirk Cousins is coming up big in big moments uh, when it matters. So I think there, there's plenty of good to build on, Ron. Um, and I want to see more evolution of this offense and defense. And hopefully this is just the start and that there's an ascension that goes on as the season progresses. Yeah, we'll get Courtney Cronin's thoughts uh, coming up next. Uh, on the NFC North, when you look at it as it stands, if I'm just going record and how the NFL does it, you know, head-to-head, blah-blah, points, four points against, Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions. If I were to just close my eyes, look at both rosters, kind of look at the, the situations they're in, I, I kind of would change it. I would go Packers, Vikings. Even though the Lions are one and three, I want to put the Lions in front of the Bears. I think the Lions are a better team. I think the Lions have played tougher teams than what the Bears have. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. The Bears haven't won a game on the road. They've won both at home. 
Uh, the Lions have found a way to snatch victory or, yeah, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat um, or snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't even know which one it is, <laughs> but they, they find a way to lose when they have the game in yeah. hand. Um, and, and so I don't know what to say. This is what friends always say. Like the Vikings or the Lions find a way to just lose a game they shouldn't lose. They, they're winning. And somehow they snatch victory. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but they just find a way to lose. Uh, I, I just feel like the Packers right now, in my opinion, still feels like a better team. I think their defense uh, is better. Um, the first game, if we throw that out the window and then we say, okay, take the Vikings Packers out. They didn't play each other. Where would you say? I think people would say Packers and Vikings. Um, but again, end of the year, they're going to play each other again. There's a lot more football left in this season. Uh, but it, it's it's tough. But I, I still I think the Lions are a better team than the Bears. We'll see what Courtney Cronin thinks uh, coming up next on the Ron Johnson show in the Hanging Ron Johnson Ron Johnson segment. But remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts. Get your daily thirty minute dose of sports with Kara Levin's sports anchor Reggie Wilson going back and forth with his co host Luke Inman. It's fast. It's fun. It's superior sports talk your daily Minnesota sports show. And before we do that as well, we have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for football betting info this season. Gophers lines, Vikings lines, all the college football and NFL lines that you can imagine. BetOnline.net, I'm uh, peeking at it again. The Vikings are seven-point favorites against the Bears on Sunday, over-under at 44. I think that's a tick up from yesterday. We're keeping an eye on that and all the other NFL and college football lines at BetOnline.net. And there's plenty more, too. It's MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, Vikings fans, I'm bringing in a person that you guys remember, you loved, you miss her, Courtney Cronin, ESPN Insider. I mean, since she's left Minnesota, though, she has, like, her trajectory is, I mean, I don't know. She's going to be hosting first take soon. Uh, Courtney's been on every ESPN show. Every time I turn on ESPN, I see Courtney Cronin on there. I smile a little bit because I know where she started. I saw her work hard, and now it's starting to pay off. Courtney Cronin now back home with the Chicago Bears. Courtney, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, let's jump into this first. How has that been so far, four weeks into the season? Uh, what's the big difference of, like, U.S. Bank Stadium and then is what, Soldier Field, I think, which they're about to move out to somewhere else? Who knows what they're going to do? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is the food in the press box. My gosh, <laughs> I really do miss that omelet bar that we have pregame, and I know that – uh, Sam knows what I'm talking about, where there sometimes is a pregame meal. Sometimes there's not a pregame meal. You're kind of in the corner of the end zone in the press box, not exactly the best vantage point. So I'm used to, I was spoiled having indoor football and I <laughs> have become a massive proponent that all games after the week one game, the deluge that I had to cover uh, between the 49ers and the Bears, all games should be played indoors. And it should be played in stadiums that look like U.S. Bank Stadium that not only have the incredible environment, but the open air press box. So you can really feel what that environment's like. So I'm very excited to go back this week. I can't believe it's my first time back in Minnesota since I left at the end of February. And I'm, gonna, I'm just excited to see people. Yeah, I mean, Sam, what, I mean, do you agree with her? Like, is it, are you, have you um, seen that stadium? The, yeah, so I've covered games with Courtney at Soldier Field before. The spread pregame is a little lackluster. I think last year it was just like chips. It was like a snack <laughs> bar. And then uh, 
U.S. Bank Stadium, the omelet bar, they had it before the Lions game. It's it's to die for. So just for you, Courtney, I hope the omelets make a return this Sunday. Um, get there nice and early. Get a pastry. Get get an omelet. Get some coffee. And, uh, yeah, be fun to see you this weekend. We have to get like a we have to get them to do like a Courtney Cronin returns cake. I'm pretty sure somebody can Lindsay Young or somebody we have to get somebody to do that. Uh, but Courtney, other than the food, when you look at Justin Fields, so you 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 were around one of the most hated NFL quarterbacks when it came to like how much he made versus output on the field, and now you see Justin Fields and the Bears offense. What's that quarterback like hatred transition been like? It's different because Fields is at a much different part of his career than Kirk was when he got to Minnesota and what it was like for the four years that I covered him. Fields right now is in a situation two years in where you've got some of the fan base wanting to bail on him, having seen him through a four-game sample size this year and obviously last year with a different staff and you know a whole lot of ups and downs. His rookie season was the definition of a roller coaster but you have somebody who is a different style of quarterback much more athletic his legs are you know among his biggest gifts and when he can and will stand in the pocket to make a throw you see how good he can be I mean against the Giants he had his best throw all season which was a 56 yard dart to Darnell Mooney over the middle of the field and he's shown you he can take very small steps to get to where you can say there's tangible progress. But I think right now there are a lot of panicked Bears fans who saw this franchise give up a first round draft pick this year and other draft assets to be able to go get Justin Fields. And right now it doesn't look like for the time being, it doesn't look like it's panning out. And certainly some of the very reasons that they're limited in the passing game is because of the limitations that this quarterback presents within what he can do on a daily and, you know, play-by-play basis. Yeah, and when you look at, so Ohio State has had some interesting quarterback, I guess, situations of NFL, like guys getting there, everybody thinks they're going to be what they should be, and that they don't do it. The next one up is C.J. Stroud. Do you think it's more of Ohio State versus the quarterbacks are really just that good? That is a brilliant question that not a lot of people ask enough, Ron. And it's one that I've asked. Uh, I wrote a big profile on Justin Fields going into this season. And I remember talking with people at Ohio State, former teammates, about the burden that's on Justin Fields. Because right now he's the only starting quarterback Mm -hmm. in the NFL who comes from Ohio State. You know, God rest his soul with Dwayne Haskins passing Mm -hmm. away. He's the only, I believe, the only quarterback right now that sees consistent action. Um, And we all know how Haskins situation played out, um, you know, with in Washington and then, you know, what was expected from him in Pittsburgh. But Justin now carries that burden to be the one Ohio State quarterback that can pan out. And I think it really does speak to how being in a program first starts with recruiting. If you can recruit a team that's likely headed to the NFL to be playing Division One college football, they're going to be they're going to look like the best team in college football by and large. They're going to look like they can steamroll opponents because you have such a talented group of five blocking for you. You have a great defense on the other on the other side of things, and as you, you know better than anybody else, Ron covered in college does not mean covered in the NFL. So being able to throw your receivers open 
in college, like it's just, it's a lot more difficult to do that stuff in the NFL. And he was playing with a loaded team. I mean, think about how many guys from that group, you know, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams was there with fields for a time before he transferred to Alabama. That's an NFL team right there. That's, that's 11 (laughs) NFL version. So um, I, I just think that a lot of his flaws within his game were covered up by the talent he was playing with. Now, you have to take a look then at what the Bears roster looks like and just how, how how bleak. I mean, they don't have the talent to make up for some of the mistakes that get compounded by bad pass protection by the quarterback's ability to get himself sacked. I mean, I'm a firm believer that not all sacks are on the offensive line, and we've seen that with Justin Fields because his fatal flaw in college was holding on to the ball too long, and he still does that from time to time. I was just looking up the numbers today where his average time to throw – is well above league average and this season when a defense has had zero pass rush wins meaning they're not getting home he's still been sacked 11 times which leads the nfl in that category so that's a considerable issue that you can pin more on the quarterback than you can oh the right tackle got beat on this play or you know he feels pressure coming up the middle all of those things exist but at the college level, he was able to cover up for them if they were happening at all, um, a lot, a lot more easily than he can in the NFL. Yeah, and so when you look at sacks, I mean, he's he's tied for second in the most sacks in the NFL. Uh, but this is the weird thing about it. I mean, Carson Wentz is up there, but then you also have Joe Burrow up there. And the Bengals, though, you wouldn't consider that a bad offense uh, when you look mm-hmm. at Joe Burrow taking sixteen sacks, but then Justin Fields taking sixteen sacks. You're like. Like, what are you doing? You guys suck. So when you look at Darnell Mooney, uh, you look at Cole Komet, how much of this goes on the coordinator and the head coach? Uh, I mean, you can't really put on Ryan Poles because I don't, you know, I'm not going to put him in that. But how much of that goes on them? Not really, because everybody blamed the previous staff saying they're, they're not getting Justin Fields ready. And now this new staff, it seems like much of the same. Or is it that the covers is bare? They don't have a lot of like, they let Allen Robinson go and they just don't have the talent to help Justin Fields out right now. I think a lot of it's the latter, to be quite honest with you. Like there are mistakes that happen and they don't have the talent or the experience to overcome it. Hmm. Mooney's a great receiver, but let's be honest with this. He's probably a number two at best in another scheme, probably a number three. He doesn't have top end speed. He just happens to be the most productive receiver coming off last season with the Bears, had a thousand yard receiving season and through four games. It finally clicked a little bit more last week, four catches, 97 yards. I'm fairly sure that was his stat line that he finished from the Giants game. But, you know, the majority of that was made up on that one play, that 56-yard pass that I I, uh, referenced earlier. There are other moments, though, where Fields, like he had him wide open for a touchdown. They ran four verts at the end of the second quarter, and Fields didn't see him. And I think that there's those sorts of things that – your receivers can do their job and maybe he could have run, he could have bent inside a little bit more on that route um, and knock on his vertical and give, you know, gotten away from the safety a little quicker. I don't know. I'm just like trying to find like, you know, poke holes in all of this because it feels <laughs> like Mooney's doing his job. Cole Komet is a blocking tight end right now, but given the limitations of everybody elsewhere on the roster, he was supposed to be your top pass catching tight end. Now, mm-hmm. if he goes to somebody else's offense, he's probably not that guy because he's not a yak monster. Like, I mean, let's be real. Like there, there was a play on, and I think it kind of all goes like hand in hand with play calling. 
Sunday, there was a play at the end of the second quarter where it's third and 15 from like inside the red zone because they got backed up because of a false start and they throw a screen to Cole Komet on third and 15. Last I checked, he's not going to be somebody who's getting 15 yards off something like that. He's probably going down right at the spot where he catches the ball, which lo and behold is exactly what happens. So I, I think it's the limitations within their personnel, but these are their guy are the guys in this offense who are the top pass catching threats, at least in theory for Justin Fields. It's just not happening yet. In spite of the fact that his wide receiver group is averaging the fifth most time of separation uh, yards on separation of any group in the NFL. So it's not like they're not getting open. Like this is, it all goes hand in hand, which I think in, in, in a way is a good thing for the bears, because it's not like you can solely blame everything on play calling or blame everything on your gun quarterback or pass protection. But because of things that they didn't do, which is where I think you think you can bring Ryan Poles into this. Um, they had the cupboard was so bare, Ron, when they first got here. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had to start from ground zero. Like they had let 25 free agents, 25 players hit free agency. This wasn't a rebuild the way that they were doing it in Minnesota, where they already had pieces on this roster. They were starting from like below ground zero. So <laughs> like all of that factors into what you're seeing right now. And I truly don't know how you can get a fair evaluation on Justin Fields following the season based on what he has around him and doesn't have around him this year. Yeah, Courtney's dead on. Like with the Darnell Mooney, I agree. I think he is a a wide receiver too. If you look at his numbers, game one, one catch, game two, one catch, game three, two catches. And then the game she's talking about Mm -hmm. four catches, 94 yards, but he still hasn't scored a touchdown. Equinemia St. Brown, he was really good with Aaron Rodgers. Now it just does, it's not clicking. So you can't blame St. Brown because we know how good he was with the Packers. And so, yeah, maybe it is, it's not the chicken or the egg. It's both. It's the play calling. It's the quarterback, not understanding the read. Like you said, four verticals. If you don't identify where the safeties are, you don't know your target. Uh, But Courtney, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, and Dalvin Cook have had a pretty decent start to this season. Uh, How does the Bears defense compete with that? Well, they got to stop the run. Um, they're not very good at that right now. They gave up a ton uh, of rushing yards, not only to Saquon Barkley, but to Daniel Jones, too. I mean, he had 68 rushing yards and 71 passing yards. Like, he nearly had more than, um, you know, clearly they weren't going to try to beat the, the the Bears throwing the ball. So they did what they had to do. And they ran a lot of play action, a lot of bootlegs. And Daniel Jones is very good at selling a ball fake. And then Saquon Barkley carries the ball 31 times for 146 yards. Like, so that's, um, it's not great numbers. And I remember talking to Eddie Jackson, Bears safety about this afterwards. And he's been, you know, a bright spot on this group. He's a veteran player. He's trying to rebound from a really tough two years he had. Uh, He's got three interceptions in four games, but like, it just seems so simple. Is it eye discipline? If you're biting on, I remember having a conversation with Anthony Barr about this in 2019, asking him, okay, you're a linebacker. What are you looking at when you're trying to figure out if it's a run or a pass, whether it's an RPO, whether it's play action, whether it's, you know, bootleg, what are you looking at? And I'm like, do you need to teach your linebackers and then your young safety and Jaquan Brisker and young cornerback and Kyler Gordon and Kendall Vildor, who's a starting player this year out of necessity at cornerback because Jalen Johnson isn't playing right now. Like, Mm -hmm. 
are, do you need to teach them like just something as simple as eye discipline of like where to be looking because this doesn't get any easier for them. Like you go from playing Saquon Barkley, who's, you know, I'll call him like a, he, I mean, he's a three down rusher. Like they don't really have anybody else that they use like as frequently and, and lean on as heavily in the run game as Saquon Barkley. Minnesota is a different animal, as we know, with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and coming off of what they've seen the Bears do against Green Bay and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then what happened this past weekend against Saquon Barkley, if I'm Ed Donatel, excuse me, if I'm if I'm Kevin O'Connell and taking a look at like how I'm going to draw up this game plan, I'm like, hmm, probably going to lean pretty heavily on the run because they've shown that they can't stop it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I know he's happy you said that. <laughs> we'll make sure he hears that one. But we, because Dalvin Cook has not had a, a bunch of like top games yet. He hasn't had that 160 yard game yet. So maybe this is it. The Bears are giving up 183 yards on the ground per game. But coming up next, we got the daily three me, Courtney, and Sam. Sam's going to throw some questions at us. We got three minutes and we're going to knock these questions out. But remember, check out the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts, are broadcasting live with Team Insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports, Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we also have a word from our sponsors. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of the greatest joys in life because they are so delicious, indulgent, cookie dough, chunk puffs, slathered in 100% real chocolate. Built has indeed done it again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it and the best part, it's healthy for you. Only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. So run to Built.com, snag a box for you and the family. It's the perfect treat, and if you want, you can hoard them all for yourself. It's Built Bar Puffs, covered in 100% real chocolate, and you can get them using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order at built.com get the new cookie dough chunk puffs today all right courtney let's rank the nfc north teams i think there's probably a clear top two probably a clear bottom two no offense to the bears um but where do you think they're going to shake out at the end of the season so if i'm predicting what the nfc north you want me to predict, predict the nfc north like end Order of finish. season what the finish Order yeah. finished. Aaron Rodgers the other day said that the way that they're winning is unsustainable. And I agree because they're putting so much on their defense and this is clearly a run first team. So why not just like lean on that? I just don't understand like why that's so difficult for Green Bay, but maybe they'll get it figured out. I think my order of finish is probably very similar to what I had the last time I came on the show before the draft that it'll probably be Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. I mean, there's a gap between the Lions right now and Chicago. That should show you the state that this Bears team is in. And the fact that they can score 45 points um, shows you that the Lions can do something, even with Jared Goff as their quarterback. They just got to figure out what they're doing on the defensive end. Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one for the end of the year. Did she give us our four, though? Did you do your four? Did you put it in I order? I just did four. Yeah, put oh, it in okay. order. It said Packers, right. Vikings, Lions, Bears. Okay. Oh, you put the Bears at the end. So, and so this was crazy. After the first game, and I don't know why I did this, I actually put the Lions two, but the Lions are gonna find. I don't know. I just thought the Lions. I thought Dan Campbell was gonna get it going. Like he impressed me. He made the players are playing hard for him. 
I it's so I'm from Detroit. I wanna I want Detroit to be able to cheer for something. Like I mean, Kate Cunningham and, and Jaden Ivey now with the Pistons, maybe uh, your Indiana guy from Purdue, Jaden Ivey. So I was hoping, you know, maybe he's going to help the Pistons. The Tigers can't get it going. I thought the Lions. But now after, like, what, what I see, um, who I, I think, you know what? I think I like this unsustainable thing. I, I think the Vikings are going to find a way this offense, the defense is going to finally start to click. Ed Donatel is going to get it together. Uh, I'm going to go Vikings-Packers, but I think really close. I think it's going to come down to that last game and then – Lions, Bears. I, I kind of agree with that on that order. Uh, but I think at the end of the year, that that last two games, Bears, Vikings, Vikings, Packers, is going to really matter. I, I Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Packers are going to run away with this. But I think it's going to really matter at the end, finally. I think Kevin O'Connell, you look at how the Rams are struggling. Maybe Kevin O'Connell was the quarterback whisperer. Maybe he was the one keeping Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff calm because Kirk Cousins seems calm. He seems like he's leading. He seems like he's willing. Like he gets to the line of scrimmage with 30 seconds to go on the play. Like I've never seen Kirk Cousins do that under anybody's offense where he gets to the line of scrimmage, not two-minute offense, just normal day, 30 seconds to go. He's at the line of scrimmage already, and he's doing a bunch of stuff. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not good that good yet. He's not like his acting sucks, but he's at least is trying to motion guys, shift guys. You see him looking at the linebacker, looking over at Kevin O'Connell. You see him pointing to, to Jefferson, motioning guy. I'm like, damn, Kirk Cousins is really doing this. So I think as he gets better and get more confident, I think the Vikings can take over the Packers. I feel like, Courtney, you're back on Around the Horn in the final segment, and I'm reality, and I get to give the point out to whose argument I like. Uh, I think the Vikings are also winning a little unsustainably right now, so I would actually lean toward the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who's won 13 games each of the last three years. So I True. give Courtney the point for the argument as we go into uh, question number two. I want you to think ahead two years, 2024. How many NFC North teams have different quarterbacks in two years? Courtney, we'll start with you. Green Bay will have a new quarterback in two years. Detroit will have a new quarterback in two years. It's hard for me right now to predict on Justin Fields because like you're not that you're going to have an incomplete product. I, I think he gets one more year of an evaluation, but by that point, if it's, if it's not working, then I'll say he's probably, I mean, hell I'll go ahead and say four because <laughs> you know, Kirk's on a, Kirk's on a one-year deal, right? And he has a no trade clause within this. So like figuring out where he goes beyond this year, he's not taking any discounts. So do the Vikings want to continue signing up for that? Or do they want to, depending on how they finish, like if Ron has them winning the division, that means that they're probably not drafting very high to go get a quarterback. So you'd end up link locking yourself into more years of Kirk Cousins. So let me re revise my answer. Kirk Cousins will be the only quarterback um, and I'm just basing this on if, if Justin Fields, if what we see right now is a true indication of who he is, that they would end up moving on by 2024. So I guess, wow. Yeah. I'm saying Kirk Cousins is the only quarterback in the NFC North, like currently playing that will still be there in 2024. And I agree with that. I think Kirk Cousins is the only one, like the only way Kirk Cousins moves on. And this is where the rubber is going to meet the road is if he's not willing to take a pay cut so they can pay Justin Jefferson $180 million. Like, Justin Jefferson is going to want to break the bank. Uh, he deserves it. Uh, Cooper Cup I took a friendly deal, I guess you want to call it, with the Rams. Um, but I, I think Justin Jefferson is going to require, and Adam Thielen is going to be towards the end, so he doesn't should not need any more money. Um, if you want to keep K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson, um, I think. but who knows, Jalen Rager might – 
show you that, hey, I was a first-round pick. I'm worth the money. Keep me with this group. Uh, maybe Jalen Rager becomes a guy, but Kirk Cousins is going to have to take a pay cut. If not, uh, I can see what's his name, Quasey and Kevin O'Connell reaching out to Jimmy Garoppolo because he's going to probably be looking for a new place to go. Um, yeah, it's some it's some quarterback. I don't know about the draft though. I'm looking at the college kids. I don't see a lot of college kids right now. Like Aiden O'Connell at Purdue to me. Uh, I think he's very hit or miss. I think he's offensive base. He reminds me of Kyle Orton out of Purdue. Really good. Uh, sustainable NFL guy can start some games for you. I don't know if he's Drew Brees though out of Purdue, um, but he, I mean, he is the lead in the nation right now and, and, or he was, I don't know. I haven't looked at it since the gopher game, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and Cordy's right. Like, I don't feel like the Vikings are ever going to tank enough to have a top five pick, but maybe they can find lightning in the bottle and find a Dak Prescott. I thought, I know they thought that was going to be uh Kellen Moore. Uh, I hope that's his name. Yeah. Kellen Moore. Is that his name? Kellen Mond, you already forgot. Kellen Mond, Kellen Moore, Wait, I did. God. That White, was wiped it from his memory. It was not a good era. <laughs> I totally Where forgot. It was Kellen Mond. He signed with Cleveland, did he? didn't he? Yeah, he signed, he signed with Cleveland. Stefanski picked him up. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe Stefanski turns Another into greatness or not. Stab at uh, Mike Zimmer right there and Rick Spielman. <laughs> Hate to see it. Yeah, I'll go with three. I'll go Kirk Cousins is probably the only one left unless he doesn't want to sign for more money. I just don't know what to make of Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers is the big wild card because he's signed beyond that, and he's going to yeah. be good enough, yeah. right? But it, but he is kind of in this weird just – it seems like in his personal life, he seems like he could walk away at any moment and just go pursue whatever pursuits he wants to pursue, whatever Aaron Rodgers might feel like he wants to do. I don't know. I don't know if I want to know what that is at this point, but probably more uh, ayahuasca. Let's get in. Probably, yeah, yeah. He'll just he'll his <laughs> his forties are going to be a trip. Um, let's get into our final question. I want a letter grade on your team's first year head coach so far. So for Courtney, that's uh, Aberflus with the Bears, and for Ron, that's O'Connell with the Vikings. Courtney, we'll start with you. I will give him a solid B minus right now. And of Ooh. course the, the record itself does not stand for that. I'm not really factoring that into my grade all that much. What I'm factoring it in, it, what I'm factoring in is the way that he's gotten guys to buy into his culture. So he has this thing called the hits principle, hustle, intensity, tough takeaways, let's say t toughness takeaways and playing smart. So it's technically hit to piss, but like, there's no, there's like the P is in parentheses. Um, but uh, it's, it's, I just remember like asking guys about it. Jalen Johnson, who's a cornerback here. Um, I remember really early in training camp or middle way through training camp. I said, okay, how do you, I mean, it's kind of gimmicky. It's a freaking acronym. And you guys are like, you know, men making millions of dollars and like, you know, you, you don't, this is not college. And he's like, yeah, like 100%. It took me a while to buy in. And he believed it was corny at first, too. But I think the way that Eberflus has truly gotten these guys to buy into, hey, this is how we turn a page into what we want to be, that's that's not something that's easy. And I think his approach, like he thanks his coaches after every game. Like, he's, he's doing it differently, at least differently than the way I've seen it done in seven years covering the NFL. So the results aren't there yet on the field two and two and in two and two by the way of a Roquan Smith interception that helped them beat Houston last week. Um, there's a lot of on-field product that needs to be fixed, 
But from Eberflus's perspective, you know, being a defensive coach that's very involved with the offense, he's sitting in quarterback meeting rooms all the time. I think you got to give the guy credit for for at least like the buy-in and his try hard to make this thing work and get it off the ground in year one. I'm going to go with a B for Kevin O'Connell, but since I, my kids are in school, I get to see their grades from their teachers. I'm going to add like the little comment box that gives them some extra bonus points. I'm giving them a B, but his bonus points are the culture. Like the fact that guys like Adam Thielen and all these guys are speaking up saying like after a kicker misses a kick, like it's great to see a coach come over and be positive after a loss. It's cool to see the coaches take responsibility for the loss and come us come alongside of us and say, Hey, like, here's where we let you down. Here's where we didn't get Justin Jefferson involved. Here's where we didn't let the defense know what they should have been paying attention to. Like, I give them the bonus points for that. So it's still a B, but the bonus points are going to go into their overall grade at the end of the year um, because they're doing things culturally that the players love. And so from an offensive standpoint, I think he's doing just fine. Uh, Kirk Cousins is learning. From a defensive standpoint, Ed Donatel still has to get it figured out. Uh, so that's where the B comes in. But the bonus points for the culture change. Like the players are willing to say this in press conferences. So clearly it's a major yeah. change. I get that. Yeah, I, th I think the temperament and the culture is definitely up there. I want to see the, the X's and O's get to that point as well. I think there's still room for that to improve. The consistency of the offense, finishing in the red zone, finishing on third down. They're 26th, I think, in the red zone, 28th on third down. Maybe flip-flopped, but it's it's not great. So there's more that this offense can do, and they have the talent to do it. Um, but I do think that that culture has created an atmosphere where this team really fights for each other in the fourth quarter. That's part of the reason they're 3-1. and one. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Courtney Cronin clearly won because Sam likes to give her more points than me. But remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you download it on the Amazon app as well as the Roku app on your TVs or your tablets, whatever you use. And find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.